It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. As we gear up for another exciting fall sports season, Dr. Albana will again host a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate acute orthopedic sports injuries for adolescent and high school athletes. Dr. Albana, orthopedic and sports medicine surgeon at Memorial Healthcare, will be assisted by certified PA Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger. Whether you're dealing with sprains, strains, bruises, or any other athletic mishaps, Dr. E and his highly skilled team can get you back on your feet and back in the game. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. It's time for episode 279 of the three-point podcast presented by the Memorial Healthcare Wellness Center. Check out memorialhealthcare.org for everything they offer. Sign up also for the October 21st Go Green, Go Blue 5K Run Walk. Also want to thank our local partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Home, Rivals Tap House and Grill, brand new menu there, by the way, had a lot of fun at their uh, soft opening, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We have a special guest on the pod, part of Jacobs Insurance, Noah Jacobs, the winner of the recent Marquette Marathon, and we look forward to talking to him, but as we always do, guys, let's play a little catch up, and got to start with Matt, he's on again back now from another Disney vacation. Another Disney vacation. Before I kind of give a quick rundown of that, I wonder, you know, you mentioned we're having Noah Jacobs on later. Mm-hmm. I wonder if part of his training for the Boston Marathon that he's going to do, I wonder if he's going to do the the Memorial 5K, the Michigan-Michigan State 5K. I wonder if that'll be a 5K to him is probably like just, just a Child's drop. Play. Oh, he'll <laughs> right. run that backwards. <laughs> I bet, I bet he does do it. So yeah, maybe maybe we'll have to get an update from him on that. But yeah. but yeah, so we um, it was kind of a little bit of a spur of the moment. You know, I I always take Labor Day weekend off, kind of as a like I think a lot of people do. You see it as the last weekend of the summer before school, fall, and right. all that kind of stuff gets going. But we were like, you know what? Let's let's head down to Disney and get one more Disney trip in for the year. So yeah, we went down and we tried to do some different stuff. We stayed at a different resort. We ate at some different restaurants. Um, we we did a few other different things that we hadn't done yet, and it was we packed a lot into a four day a four day trip. But 
it was awesome. Again, the weather was amazing. Um, like I said, we did a few different things. The resort that we stayed at was just, it was, it was super nice. It was, yeah. it was so cool. The walking around and the food and everything and the pool. So, yep. Awesome. Again, just another amazing Disney trip. Can't, can't recommend it enough. Jared, you, you got to get down. I know. I, what, what are, so what are some of these new things that you did and what is, what are some of the things that are kind of, you do every time you go to Disney, like clockwork? I mean, you know, going, going to a couple of the parks, you, you got to do um, like the, the clockwork thing. Uh, the resort was one of the new things. So we stayed at, it's called Port Orleans. So there's two of them, Port Orleans, French Quarter, Riverside. It's set up like you're in New Orleans. Sounds awesome. Um, yeah, the movie, uh, The Princess and the Frog, you know, Princess Tiana. I know, Jared, you probably know all about this. But so it's themed after her after her movie. Like the room was all princesses. Yeah. There was a letter from Princess Tiana. And all. so my daughter's all about it. Um, but yeah, it felt, it literally, I've never been to New Orleans. It felt like you were literally in New Orleans. Everything is authentic to like you're in New Orleans. It's on a river. There's a riverboat. Um, the food is all like New Orleans type of cuisine and stuff like that. They have normal, like other other stuff too. Um, so that was a different experience, uh, just walking around there and stuff. We we ate at a couple different restaurants, like I said, that we hadn't done. Character restaurants where like Mickey, Mickey and the gang are there. They come up to your table. You get pictures and all that kind of stuff with them. Um, the thing at Epcot that I think you and your girlfriend, if you ever went, Jared, that you would absolutely love, Ted. I mean, you guys too. At Epcot, you could do the like around the world thing where you literally go through and there's like, you walk through the world basically. And you start, you're like Mexico yeah. and then Norway and then Australia, France, awesome. Italy. And in those sections, there's little shows and you know, the drinks, the food, everything is authentic to that area. What's super cool too is the people that they get to work there are from those countries. So wow. when you're in Italy, you're, you're talking to and getting served by people from Italy. So, you know, that makes it a little more authentic. So when we were in there, we tried a few different drinks and stuff that we hadn't tried, um, stuff like that. So it's just, it's just so fun, man. It's just like, everyone's like, not everyone, you know, you see some meltdowns and stuff, but for the most part, everyone's happy and having a good time. And you know, the weather's good. Is there a, this is a big mess that there's not, is there a Ratatouille restaurant? There is, there's a Ratatouille (laughs) restaurant and a Ratatouille ride also <laughs> that's how that's gotta have the best food in the world man it really does or or else it's a it's a disappointment yeah yeah we haven't done that yet but that is that's one on the list so yep again i i could go on and on about this but it's we don't want to drag on we've got a lot to get to another yeah. great disney trip did yeah, you guys have a good labor day weekend oh i'm gonna blow your mind your guy's mind i think on this one because you're, you're gonna think i was full of bullshit when i said it before <laughs> on this podcast but i actually I have booked a trip out west Super Bowl weekend. Oh, I am going out west. Fingers crossed. We don't know if the Lions will make it. You know, it's a long shot of of a bit, but I've told you guys if the Lions make the Super Bowl, I'm going to that city and I'm going to party like it's 1957. And wow. Do you come a long way? Remember, remember the days when you used to drive three hours to the sports book to place a ten dollar over bet in the line. Yeah. <laughs> you come a long That's way right. since then, man. Yeah. So I I have my plane fare booked. My wife and I are going. I I just yesterday booked my rental car, and the only thing uh, left is uh, hotels, and I might wait a while on that. But I'm guys. I'm all in on the Lions. We'll talk more about that yep. when we get. Where to is the Super Bowl? I, this is, I don't even know where it's at. Where is Las it? Vegas. 
you love Vegas. That's why. That's the number I, one reason that you decided to pull the trigger on this. Well, the, the, here's the deal. I'll, I'll give you the full scoop. Uh, we, we need a vacation, okay? We're yeah. going to take a winter vacation anyway. So we're, we wanted to go out west. I'm, I, you know, and, and out of Flint, Michigan, they have pretty good deals with Allegiant. So I'm flying. I'm going to see your your uh, your brother. I haven't let him know that yet. But we're flying into Phoenix Mesa, and then we're gonna we're gonna do Grand Canyon. We're gonna do Vegas, hundred percent, one way or the other. But we're gonna time it to where if if the Super Bowl is there with the Lions, we're there. But then yes. we're also part of this uh, two week trip. You know, we're gonna go to California, and then we're gonna drive everywhere from Phoenix. That's the awesome. plan right now. So that that's, that's on the agenda. And that's, you know, usually like mid, beginning, mid-February, perfect time. Yep. Not not to hate on Michigan, perfect time to leave Michigan, though. Get get yeah. to that Phoenix, get to that Vegas weather. That'll be an awesome trip. Yeah, looking forward wow. to it. Topped off if the Lions are playing. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, just the, the duality of, man, I'm literally, I can't rub two pennies together. You guys are booking vacations, going to Disney, going to Vegas. So I don't really got much to report on my end, man. I just, I guess I was the boring one. I just sat and watched football all weekend. So, which isn't uh, a bad deal either. Right. That's not bad at all. Well, I'll tell you what, you, that's a perfect segue, Jared. We'll roll right into a little football discussion here on Three Point Podcast right after this. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothra. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys, time now for the prep spotlight presented by the Jacobs Insurance Agency. And, uh, you know, at this time of year, as we always do, we jump right into football, high school football. And Chessanine, bit of an upset over New Lothrop, 27-22. Alec Fowler intercepted Jack Kalhanek in the end zone on the final play to give the Indians their first win over the Hornets since 2005. A couple, couple storylines on that. Great win by the Indians at New Lothrop. And a great game for Casey Smith to debut yeah. on the radio. I was going to say, I mean, I, I know you guys listened to it a little bit. I didn't have a chance to listen to it, but Ted, you said he did an awesome job. So it's really cool yeah. for Casey. But man, does that set the bar high or what <laughs> for him? Because you you know, Ted, he's going to do oh. some stinkers at some point. He's going to do some blowouts, 42 to 3 type of games that don't go like that. So right. definitely an awesome game for him. And then, man, heck of a win for Chessonane. Uh, yeah, it really was. I mean, big time upset. I, I, just a couple years ago, they were losing this matchup versus New Lothar by about 70. Like, not a joke, literally about 70 points. So it's crazy that they've really turned it around that much uh, in that short of time. Big time win since 2005. That's a great stat, Ted. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. I wonder, did Casey have that stat on the broadcast? Uh, 
I can't remember if he did or didn't. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to grade him down for that if he didn't. Uh, I will say, you know, even on top of that, how impressive it was, Chesanine lost at home to Bath the previous week. So this was a this was a huge win for the Indians. You know, some of the other games that we were watching, Ovid Elsie uh, spanked Lakeville 61 to 18. Perry over Holton at Corona High School, 42 to nothing. Perry's doing some uh, upgrades on their stadium. So they played that on the turf at Corona. Uh, another big win here locally, fellas. Owasso wins their second straight. This one over Mount Morris, 34-32. A goal line stand in front of the final horn picked up the win for the Trojans and Liam and Hoyt Patrick, a couple names you'll hear a lot about this year, a couple scores each. So coach Tyner, you know, two and zero to start the season for a while. So it's going to pick up a little bit of excitement, I think in the circle city. Hey, they haven't, we we've said it before in the podcast, they've been down for a little while. So whether, you know, whether they're sneaking by teams or whatever, winning games, Positive energy is good for a program. You know, right you start on. winning games, kids are going to be excited to go out and play. And I know they've got Clio coming up, right? That's I think that's their next game. And mm -hmm. Clio uh, lost to Mount Morris, I think, 7-0. So, um, you know, if you look at common opponents, you can look at it that way. Owasso might be looking at a 3-0 record. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to mention before you jump in, uh, Jared, Ted, you brought up Perry. So Perry, you know, they, they blew out Holton 42-0. My yeah. nephews play for Perry. Uh, one nephew, Brady, is a junior. One's a freshman. So Perry doesn't have a JV team right now. So all the kids are on varsity. Right. Um, but my nephew, Brady, he's a wide receiver and cornerback. I got to give him a shout out. He scored his first varsity touchdown in Yay. that game. All right. Um, so really cool for him. But also cool because, like you said, it was on Karana's field. So it was where I played and where I was, <laughs> you know, scoring some touchdowns. But, yeah, cool. Cool to see Perry uh, pick up that big win. And my nephew, Brady, scores his first Love touchdown. It. Nothing yeah, like that first touchdown, man. I, I I think everybody remembers when they scored their first touchdown, whether it was yeah, youth yeah. or varsity or wherever you did it. It's an awesome feeling. Yeah. Uh, as for Owasso, man, I mean, it, I mean, on paper, Ted, it's shaping up to be the best Owasso Corona game ever played. I Maybe. think it's going to be the first time that they are both going to be undefeated playing in a midseason matchup. Yeah, I well, think. let's let's hold on a minute. If they can pass that very first matchup to be the best game ever, but continue. Okay. Well, I'm yeah. just, I mean, on paper, I'm not. That was the very first game of the year, correct? Correct. Yeah, it's just this is, I mean, a three and zero Owasso versus a three and zero Corona. I mean, yeah, you're right. The 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 town should be out for that one, as they say. Yep. At um, Wilman Field too, right? So at Wilman Field, I mean, we're we're talking about. I mean, like you said, two undefeated teams, Owasso on the uptick. Obviously, Corona with you know legitimate state title aspirations. <laughs> that that's a heck of a game right there. Is Tyner who who has done the more impressive job? Deion Sanders or Coach <laughs> Steiner? I mean, what, where did this influx of talent, a, a program that hasn't won a game in like 10 years, all of a sudden they're 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 undefeated, uh, making a quest for the playoffs? I mean, what a turnaround. Where's the transfer portal uh, results when you need them? It's those well, new helmets. It's the new helmets, yeah, and the new attitude for sure. He's doing a great job over there. You know, you did bring up Corona. They pitched their second straight shutout, 38 to nothing over Pinckney. What a nice facility there, Pinckney, by the way. But Wyatt Bauer got his first interception of the year. That's his 10th in the career. He's going he's gonna to get the all-time record. There's no no question about it in my mind. That, but, that single season record, though, that single season record is going to be tough to beat. That's going to be a tougher one, but he'll he'll get the career record for sure. But uh, Corona looked good again. Yeah, that, I know you you were there um, live tweeting. Mm -hmm. Appreciate your your work there on the sidelines. That's my new um, calling. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly, it'd be fun, you know, especially doing doing a Corona game. That is fun. It is. Uh, but yeah, Corona looking impressive. We've been talking about them all year, all off season. And I saw our friend Goose Poop um, tweeted out something. Corona is one of thirteen teams left in the state mm-hmm. yet to give up a point. Um, you know, defensively, that's pretty impressive. There, there's a lot. I mean, I know it's only been two games, but of all the schools in the whole state, thirteen are left that mm-hmm. haven't given up a point and Corona is one of them. So when is that going to come? You know, right. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's a big thing for them. You know, every team likes to pitch shutouts and, you know, at the game, you know, the backups were all in the game. Corona was handily going to win the game. Well, Pinckney against the backups drove downfield close to the goal line. And coach Herrick said, Hey, we're keeping the shutout. He put his starters back in there for a fourth <laughs> and goal and they stuffed them. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. That's a bold move right there. That That's something that if that was a college game, that might have been making some headlines right there. But, hey, that, that's a big deal. Yeah. Because yeah. what, what's the big one? I'm trying to remember the historic team, I think. Was it your dad, Ted, played on? They they only gave up like six points all season or something. Right, ridiculous. right. Yeah. So maybe well, he, they're looking at something like that. But, yeah. Well, awesome. you know, and it's a bold move. But it's even bolder if you if you put your starting offense in to pack more points on. I mean, I, I can kind of see this one, you know. You don't want to give up any points. and Right. Hey. One snap, send them out. Why not? It's Absolutely. funny you say that, not not to bring up old stories, but when we were playing uh, Owasso my senior year, um, so Coach Herrick was the coach, we had we had kind of put the game away. And, and in the fourth quarter, our, our second string offense had come in. Mm-hmm. But Owasso – kept their first string offense in, you know, I, I guess rightfully so or whatever. They're still trying to put up points and they, they put up some points. Hmm. Coach Herrick didn't like it very much. He put our first string offense back in oh. and on the next play, we, we busted like a 60 yard touchdown run. And there was definitely some, there was some uh, bad blood there, but uh, it's funny to see that kind of stuff. I was going to throw out too um, on, on our prep picks and preview friend of the pod, Tyler, you know, at Michigan high school football frenzy on Twitter Mm-hmm. He mentioned a big one. He brought up Ithaca a few times and how they changed divisions. Right. And he had tossed out also uh, Standish Sterling. And I saw him tweet out that Ithaca, Ithaca beat Standish Sterling um, last week. And, and he said it, it was a huge win for them. So Ithaca is just one of those programs. It just seems like, I mean, you guys definitely know, they just kind of just keep rolling. Yeah. And then division eight, watch out. Cause that, well, that could be tough. Um, one final football score of note, Langsburg, uh, they opened up the season with a win against Durand, and they're 2-0 and now after down in Kelloggsville, 35-7. to But I got to throw a little love out for our runners out there, cross-country. Langsburg girls won the cross-country Corona early bird invitational in the small school division. Emily Rathka, first place runner for that. And Owasso girls took second in the large school division. And in soccer, Chesanine won the Duran Railroader Crossing Invitational. So we'll mix it up a little bit every week here in the fall. But I wanted to throw the running stat out there because coming up next on the spotlight, Noah Jacobs, one of the premier runners in the state of Michigan, participated in the Marquette Marquette, uh, Marathon. And we'll talk to him a little bit about that right after this. Jacobs Insurance Agency has served Shiawassee County and the surrounding areas since 1977. Just like Three Point Podcasts, we've had three generations, Gary Jacobs Sr., Gary Jacobs II, Brian Jacobs, and myself, Noah Jacobs, serving our community with offices in Waterford and Owasso on M21, just west of Home Depot. Stop in or go online to jacobsinsurance.com to get a quote or get your questions answered by our team. 
Jacobs Insurance is a proud supporter of our local schools and the proud sponsor of the Prep Spotlight. Insure everything, local, independent, and trusted. It's our family working together to protect yours. That's the Jacobs way. All right, we now welcome special guest and sponsor, Noah Jacobs of Jacobs Insurance. Uh, recently just won the Marquette Marathon. Just what an accomplishment, first off. Won it in two hours and 34 minutes. My first question for you, Noah, I mean, have you left the ice bath since post-race, or what have you been doing? Yeah, honestly, my body's been pretty sore. It feels like a different group of muscles is picking its its turn each day to to be sore, to be a bother, but it's kind of slowly gotten a little bit better. My hamstrings and quads were the worst for the start of the after the math. Um, my knees really did not like walking downhill downstairs. That was terrible for the first day or two, but slowly kind of getting back into it. Um, and everything I've heard from other people is you kind of have to just do normal things. Obviously you can be lazy, but you have to still kind of try and walk around and take care of little light things without overdoing it. Otherwise your body's never going to recoup. So I have not gotten in an ice bath. That sounds like a terrible idea. I'm just taking a few days off here to let my body kind of get it back together. And hopefully this weekend start doing a little bit of light physical activity again. So you've been running your whole life, obviously, and you're one of the, you're one of the best ever to do it at Corona. And you obviously look at your, your jacket there. You're still repping the Badgers. You went to Wisconsin and ran over there. Uh, so you've been doing this your whole life. But I'm just curious, you know, all of us go through a stage where you start getting a little older. You know, if you're playing intramural sports or you're trying to play pickup basketball or something like that, you start seeing father time. How have you adjusted? You know, you can't like you're just talking about your body recovering is probably different than when you were 18, 20 years old. How have you adjusted to running a marathon? Like I when I go and play pickup basketball, I'm sore for like a few days. Or, so like I'm, I'm just it's amazing, you know, that you can still do that at this age. Not that you're old or anything. <laughs> um, I it's kind of unique because racing like a mile versus a marathon is so different because in a mile, almost the whole time you're, you're kind of on that line of being out of control and really pushing yourself to the limit. And every you're getting every ounce in a, a four minute and 30 second or five minute period of time you can out of yourself. Whereas in a marathon, you're trying to spread it out so long. So while you're in it, like your muscles get tight and tired and you're not worried about what's going to happen afterwards. I'm um, in general training. I don't train quite as fast as I used to. And I wouldn't say that I train as hard as I used to, especially to get prepared for a marathon. I know it'll sound kind of silly, but like I was training to run six minute pace for a marathon. Um, that was kind of the goal. Whereas when I was in college, we were training to do five or six mile races at a five flat pace. So my body was used to running a lot harder for shorter periods of time where this I never really felt out of control. You get really tired. Your legs get really heavy. Like it gets really difficult and you're not really able to change gears the same way. But yeah. for that early part of a marathon and in training, it's a lot easier to bounce back at some of the slower paces that kind of I was doing. My workouts weren't really like super high heart rate per se, where your body's going to be really struggling for the next few days. You're not dealing with lactic acid the same way. Whereas, right. I mean, I when I go do open gym runs with, the Corona high school boys, my, my brother's a sophomore. Like I'm a little bit sore after that too. That's, that's a similar thing, but I feel like my body's just so trained to running that I'm not 
as worried about I've, I've felt the tightnesses and, and being sore and little things afterwards as well. You're kind of like Tony Horton where you never, you never really went out of shape. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. a lot of people do after school. So right. you almost don't even, uh, you're not even in the same wavelength as for the race. You always hear about the wall and one, how nervous were you heading into the race? Uh, just about running a marathon. I mean, it sounds terrifying. I can't even compute it in my brain. Um, but when did you hit that wall when, during the race on Saturday? So I was really nervous heading in, as you alluded to, um, because it's just unfamiliar territory. It's completely uncharted. I had no idea at mile 18, 20, 22, what my body was going to feel like. And everybody talks about that wall. And I think the one thing with running a marathon is like if you're in a, a sprint race with somebody and you just can't go with them, but that race is going to be over in 20 seconds. Where this, like when you hit that wall, you might have – 30 more minutes that you're just trying to get will your body to the finish line. So I respected the marathon. I was, I was definitely like afraid of it, but I knew I could do it. Um, the worst for me was probably around mile 20. Um, that was, that was still like far enough to go where you can kind of beat yourself up mentally. You just spend so much time in your own head when you're out there running and I, I kind of started to get a little bit tighter and heavier. I ran really well through about 17 miles. I felt like my pace was really good. I was doing a good job just being comfortable in a rhythm. And at 20, I kind of started to really feel some effects of fatigue and was like, oh, you know, this, this could be a long last six miles. This could be really strugglesome point. Um, but kind of the cool thing for me was once I got to – so I, I know, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit in a second, but I obviously I know I won the marathon, but I passed the guy that I thought was in second a little bit after mile 22. And that was kind of like a little boost of like, okay, cool. Like I'm still like picking people off. The guy that was in first had like dropped out like his body, like he went too hard too early or whatever it is, his body like shut down and he stopped at mile 20. I had no idea. So I was in third place or what I thought was third place. I passed the guy to thinking I'm going into second and it kind of gave me a little like, okay, cool. Like you're doing better than that guy. You feel pretty decent. Like you're still kind of holding on to your, your pace goal. Um, and it wasn't until just before 25, I heard somebody at like a, an aid station, a water station say like, that's the marathon leader. And I had to do like a double take was like, is there somebody else here? What is going on? Um, so that's another boost for you right there. Probably. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. So when I hit mile 25, I actually, I just like, I kind of smiled. I was like, I'm going to actually finish. Like, even if I have to walk, I'm a mile away. Yeah, I can yeah. finish the marathon. And my brother, Ben was at 25 and a half, maybe a little bit over a half mile to go. And I saw him and I ran by and I said, am I in the lead? And he said, yeah, you're winning. And I just, from that moment on, it was like, it was just kind of like euphoric. Well, yeah. Like you there's even in that rough of shape. I, it, I mean, sorry to cut you out, but it sounds like you weren't even, you're still talking with half mile to go. I, it sounds like you were just fine. Yeah, I was, well, by the time your mind like convinces yourself too, that you can, running is just so mental, right? It's not football, Jared trying to, to run a guy over to get a first down. Like there's, there's nothing stopping you, but you, and obviously sometimes like your body can't do it, whatever it is. But I was, I was in pretty good control the whole way. Like I felt like I knew where my body was at what I was doing. I was pretty particular about like fuel intake, like getting calories in me and water and Gatorade during the marathon. Um, I felt like I did a really good job to prepare myself to not hit that wall. So I did for like the true wall. I never hit it. 
like Damn. it got harder there were like levels of like i don't know maybe it was like stairs where you kind of had to like take a couple extra steps up to to get back to where you thought was the same but i never hit a wall that that really tried to push back on me yeah i'll tell you noah it's an amazing accomplishment uh, you know to go along with all your other accomplishments and actually you answered the first question i was going to ask you what was the race strategy were you in the like the top 10 group going in and then make your move. So you explained that beautifully, but uh, what about the course? What, how, what do you think about the course up there in Marquette? What a great time of year to be way up in the UP. And uh, uh, you know, was that your very first marathon you ever attempted and come away with a winner? Yeah. So it was the first marathon I've ever run. I've run over that distance one time when I was running for Mr. Owasso, I ran around Houghton Lake um, and there was no pace goal. It was just to do it. It was, part of a, a fundraiser on Memorial Day weekend. So that was cool. And I knew obviously I could run it, but I ran around Houghton Lake in three hours and 50 minutes instead of two hours and 35. So, mm -hmm. so you were running for four hours. That sounds awful. <laughs> yeah. Around the lake. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but so, at least you had good views. You had good views of the lake. Right. 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 Um, but the, the course was really cool. So we started along I can't remember what the name of the trail is, but you start in Ishpeming, which is basically 15 miles away from Lake Superior and Marquette. And you run that trail all the way down to the lake. Um, and the trail was, you know, it wasn't like running the the Fred Meyer Clinton trail in Owasso and you pass through Ovid, like you're passing through little like old mine areas and cool lakes. And it was, it was really neat running through that, um, getting down to Lake Superior into Marquette. Uh, running along Lake Superior and then up through Pure Marquette State Park to finish at the Superior Dome. It was, in my opinion, as far as you can go for like a Midwest marathon, that's probably as good as it's going to get in terms of like sightseeing and stuff. I've heard Detroit is awesome, like in the half, especially running the tunnel. Um, I mean, Chicago is just a big city marathon. The feel of that marathon would be way different than Marquette. But if you were to run one that this course wasn't that hard, and like to kind of get to see something different and, and get to kind of soak up some of like the nature around you. I feel like this would have to be a very, very underrated marathon. I cut you off earlier, um, but you were going into what it was going to, what it felt like when you crossed the finish line. What, what did that moment feel like? You said it was basically euphoric. Yeah. You're just, you almost like leave your body. Like you, you just forget about for 30 seconds, you forget about like all the pain, like the miles of, can I do it? Can I not? What's, what's kind of going on? You, you just see the the finish line and, you know, I could see my brother and, and my girlfriend just back there was really special to think like, you know, you put in weeks, months of training to make sure you're able to do it and to be able to do it was, was really cool. And that's not really something I've felt all that much in, in like high school track and field or cross country, but, um, Definitely like a similar feeling to the first time I won a state title and being like, oh, my God, like you can see the finish line. You you set this goal, you know, five months ago, like you're actually going to win, like you're actually going to do this. So knowing one that I was going to finish, that was my biggest goal. I was going to get a Boston qualifier and then like that I was actually going to win the marathon and like they were holding tape out for me. I was like, this is just the coolest thing ever. Like just just getting to the line, like people actually cheering, you know. You're like, it, it seems like the most boring thing when you're at mile 14. You're like, nobody's out here. You're just running by yourself or running with one or two other people nearby. And yeah, it's just um, like you, you can't even think really. You're just like kind of soaking it in. And I was just really grateful to be able to soak it all in. It's definitely a unique thing that 
I would be curious, like the the numbers, the percentage, a very, very small percentage of people on earth have ever experienced something like that, you know, finishing a marathon, winning a marathon at that, you know, that's something it's pretty unique that, that, you know, you got to experience there. You were talking about the training. I wanted to ask you about that. So I've never really been a runner. Obviously I played sports my whole life, but I never really ran track or cross country. Um, even like when we had to run, you know, around the field and stuff at football and stuff, I was, I was never really a big fan of that, but people always told me, you know, you can become a runner. Like anyone can build up to it. Start with start small and, you know, maybe work yourself up. I have now run a couple five Ks. Um, but my wife, she, she recently, well, it was a couple of years ago, ran a half marathon at Disney and her and a friend, her and a friend did it. And they got on like a training program. She had run a bunch of five Ks, 10 Ks, but you know, she knew it was different to train for a, a half marathon. And she talked about like, I remember her telling me about the training program. And so she would try and encourage me and be like, you could do this. Like, look at my program. Like you could, you could build yourself up to this. Um, I trained, I, I did a, uh, and like an off, it was like a through the woods type of course one time for a 5k. And that was very different than like running yeah. around on a road. I wasn't prepared for that, to be honest with you. Like I had just been running on tracks and, you know, on, on the streets and stuff. And then I get up in terrain and out in the woods. And I was like, I don't think my legs were prepared for that. Um, so I say all this to ask you, uh, the training part for anyone out there listening, that's like, this is crazy. I could never run for four hours. Like that just sounds insane to me. What would you have to say to people who maybe want to try and run a 5k, 10k, maybe attempt a half marathon, but they're, you know, maybe a little scared because they've never done it or whatever. Like what would be your words of encouragement to find a training plan and, you know, maybe build yourself up to it? Yeah, I would just say that your your mind is a very powerful tool in convincing yourself to do things. So a lot of being able to run and train to, to do something like that is having the confidence to be able to do it. So when people follow training plans like you had talked about, Matt, if people are able to do those runs and leading up, they think I have I can run this 5K, this 10K, this half marathon, whatever distance you want to do, you, you're hitting those checkpoints. So for me, I don't follow something super strict. Um, the longest run I had done was 19 miles before the marathon. So it's really like still a pretty far reach to think like, yeah, you're just going to go 7.2 more miles and all's going to be perfect with the world. Um, but I had the confidence that being on my feet for over two hours uh, was going to be able to get me through most of the race. And then a little bit of atmosphere of, of seeing people being able to run with other people was going to get some more of that in the competitive spirit that I have. So um, really my biggest selling point and most people hate me for it is, you know, you guys like played football, basketball. I'm sure you guys still lift, go to the gym, like do workouts of that sort. Like how much time do you spend doing that? Right. But well, like every hour, hour or two a day or, you know, whenever you know, whatever. Right. So like if you go for a 20 minute run, your body's probably going to get the same output. Right. As like going to the gym and you don't have to go anywhere. Maybe you drive to a cool trail or a park locally to run with somebody or just to run somewhere new. But running is really a very quick fix to fitness. Like your heart rate gets up um, and naturally your body tries to lose weight when it's running and like training enough because it's trying to become more efficient. So it wants to be a little bit lighter. Um, so if you're trying to put on a bunch of muscle and you know, win a bodybuilders contest, I wouldn't tell you to go train for a half marathon. It's probably not your best idea, but if you're just looking to stay 
in pretty good shape, like running, biking, just that general cardio of, of getting your heart rate up and um, being able to do something that way versus going to the gym and, and following a super specific arm day to leg day to how much core am I doing? How much time am I spending? I think even just walking, like I'm a huge proponent of, I felt that just walking and playing golf, like if you carry your bag or you just walk, like you're just standing on your feet for two hours. Like there's something to be said for using your body um, to have to just to have to hold its own weight and to, to continue moving around physically. So if you wanted to train to do something like whatever it is, just make yourself comfortable with it, pick a plan, find your own little bits of confidence to do whatever it is you want to do. And I feel like that goes to any sport, but for running especially is just, build yourself up, build yourself up. Um, not just physically, but mentally to think I can do this. Like I'm excited to go do something and kind of chase whatever that goal is. Even if just finish, if it's a time just to, just to give yourself something to shoot for, I always feel like makes it way easier too. All right. How many months would it take you to get Ted prepped for a marathon? (laughs) (laughs) You know, your your stuff. If you, you, if you were training them, how long would it take? (laughs) So just for Ted to finish a marathon, I think, I think probably in, if Ted wanted to do like an early spring marathon, like if he wanted to do something in like May, I bet he could do it. I mean, it wouldn't be the, the prettiest thing, but if, if he just started and every day was even right now, it's like, okay, five days a week, you're going to run and walk. You're going to go on minute intervals. Like some point you get into more. Now I'm not saying Ted is going to set the world on fire or he's going to run every step. Like you're going to get your water stops and get to get to drink water. But like Ted could finish a marathon, assuming his body didn't get hurt during training in probably seven or eight months. Like a UFC fighter. He's got to pull out. (laughs) He first, he'd first have to go to Memorial healthcare and get himself a couple new knees. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, at least I got one artificial hip. Hey, let's let you out of here. No, I got a question. Uh, It kind of got hidden a little bit, but man, you qualified for the Boston marathon. So Mm -hmm. what about that? When is it? Uh, What are your plans? You know, just about the Boston marathon, being able to run that's incredible. It was the the ultimate goal of running in Marquette was to get a Boston qualifier. I wanted to do it while I was younger, like one day, hopefully have a family, um, hope to be able to, to like take over my dad's business and Jacob's insurance and be able to be very involved and family oriented. I've always been like that. I love our community in Corona and Owasso. So to be able to go while I'm 24 you know i have a dog my girlfriend's away at school right now and to to train enough to feel confident to do it and i've got a couple of friends who are either already have or are planning to to run boston as well again so to go out there and kind of make a trip of it i'm i'm just really excited to to experience it like i'd love to see a red sox game just to do some touristy stuff like the day or two after and to to kind of just soak in Boston. And I mean, that's probably the biggest touristy marathon in the world. Like it's, it's more difficult than the one we just ran, but it's, you know, everybody knows about the Boston marathon. Yeah. Like everybody's heard of it. It's a big deal. If an American wins, like nope. if you win the Boston marathon, it'll change your career as a runner. Um, I'm not going out there to win. I'm probably going to take it less seriously than I took Marquette because it's just so hard to train by yourself in the winter and, Corona, Owasso, Michigan, but um, still to go out and to try and try and run well and have some fun and experience it. I'm I'm really, really excited about the opportunity to to go out to Boston. It's usually the second Monday of October or October of April. I'm sorry. Um, it's like right when the Red Sox season starts. They always have 
an 11 o'clock game on that Monday. Um, yep. yep. So it's a big, big ordeal. And I'm hoping to be, you know, one of the little fanboys of the Boston Marathon and just to get to soak it all up. That's what well, I want to do. Well, we look forward to yeah. talking with you, I'm sure, before that. But after the marathon, get your perspective on actually being a part of it. Noah, before we let you go, uh, I know you guys are part of our sponsor group here, uh, the Prep Spotlight. Tell us uh, the best way to follow you and uh, best spot to get insurance, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, the best way to follow me is you follow me on X. I still feel like it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, Noah Jacobs, like Noah underscore Jacobs 22 has been my my tag since probably seventh grade. Um, and Jacobs Insurance, you know, I, I'm not like a huge like salesman in terms of pushing and numbers and stuff. I just appreciate the stuff that you guys do. And I think that once you are able to contact us with any questions, with any help you might need, um, you'll see kind of our, our service and ability to, to feel like you're a part of our team, our family speaks for itself. So um, you can find us on our website, jacobsinsurance.com. You can check out our Facebook page. You can just find me on social media and shoot me a DM. Like I'm very casual about it and trying to help the next day when I get in the office. So um, I've learned a lot from my dad and my uncle, both other Corona graduates as well. Very proud to stay in the community and um, hopefully, yeah, if you ever need anything insurance wise, you can, you can figure out how to find me via our website, via an email. Um, and I'd be happy to help be more than willing just, just to talk to you and see what the situation is. And if we can help, it's always a big win. Well, can you help Ted with his spectrum debacle? Is that something you can help with, or is that not part of your? No, that's another I've topic. Heard, I've heard quite a bit about it, but I can't help Ted with that one, unfortunately. We will uh, we will be hearing more about it in this podcast later. Absolutely, I'm very excited to listen to the podcast and not to hear my own voice, but to hear about Ted's spectrum debacle because I've heard within our office that that is going on as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, no, I appreciate the time, and uh, we'll catch up with you down the road and. Uh, I definitely appreciate the sponsorship. We'll talk to you later. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Dr. Ashraf Albana will be again hosting a Monday walk-in clinic to evaluate orthopedic sports injuries for youngsters and high school athletes. Certified physician assistant Tara Rakoski and certified athletic trainer Alan Getzinger will also be assisting Dr. Albana. The clinic will be on the second floor of the NOW building at the campus of Memorial Healthcare in Owasso. The clinic allows for x-rays to be taken and reviewed, access to an advanced 3T MRI, CT scan, or further imaging. The clinic will be held every Monday through October 16th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. For more information, call 989-541-BONE or visit memorialhealthcare.org. All right, guys. So the big news in, in, in Lions world heading into this big-time matchup versus the Chiefs is that one, already arguably the best defensive player in the league, Chris Jones, is going to be out. And then on top of that, best tight end maybe ever, Travis Kelsey, is dealing with a knee injury suffered yesterday at practice. He might be out. A lot of Lions fans rejoice at this news. Matt, we were kind of talking pre-pod. We're kind of in the same boat for once um, <laughs> that we think that, like, we don't want Kelsey to be hurt. We want Chris Jones to play. We want Kelsey to play. Because the way I look at it, man, is now if the Lions win this national stage game that we might not ever have again, I know Ted's holding out his wishes for a Super Bowl appearance, this game now is almost meaningless in a sense. If you lose, man, the Lions are freaking horrendous. If they win, who cares? The, the Chiefs are at half strength. So it just kind of sucks, man. It kind of takes a little bit of the luster out of the game, in my opinion. But I know, uh, and I was arguing with a lot of people at work about this yesterday, 
I'm in the minority. A lot of other Lions fans look at this as just, hey, get a win any way we can get a win. When they look at this record at the end of the year for playoff seeding, they don't ask how you did it. They ask what your record was. So I see that point. But all in all, man, I mean, I view this as almost like a mini Super Bowl for us Lions fans. And it's kind of losing a little bit of its luster, which really sucks. I, I'm sure we know Dan Campbell is not letting that happen, not letting that locker room, you know, what you're saying, Jared, lose any luster. This is a huge game for the Lions. Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones are not. They can, like you said, national stage. The Chiefs are going to be getting their Super Bowl rings. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Thursday Night Football. The, the whole country is going to be watching. You can make a statement. Whether those guys are in there or not, the Lions can go out. And if they win this game, yeah, some people will be saying, oh, the Chiefs were shorthanded, didn't have these guys, blah, blah, blah. We've watched enough Lions games to know that usually they blow games like this. Mm-hmm. So if they go out there and make a statement against the Super Bowl champs, I don't care who's out there. It's a big win. It's a big win for the Lions. And, yeah, if if they go out there and lay an egg and lose by 40, it could be a little bit of like, oh, geez, maybe we were a little too hyped on that. I really do not think that's going to happen. But if they lose in like a shootout fashion and Patrick Mahomes is just doing ridiculous stuff and throws four touchdowns and maybe like right at the end of the game throws one to like win the game or something, I don't have any bad feelings about it because Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Andy Reid is one of the best coaches ever. And, you know, you just tip your cap, man. The, the Chiefs are still just really good. I, so basically that's what I just hope they don't go out there and lay an egg. Don't go out there and get completely doors blown off against a little bit of a shorthanded team. And don't make yourselves look like a laughingstock. I don't think Dan Campbell is going to let that happen, though. Mm-hmm. No, I tend to agree with you there. And, uh, you know, just keep in mind, maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid for sure. But I've, I said Maybe. It. You already booked I, a trip to Vegas for the well, Super Bowl. <laughs> well, I know. But I said, <laughs> I said it quite a while ago, if you guys remember, and got totally laughed at about this year possibly being the Lions season. Hey, look at all the experts. Now it could still fall on its face, but this is a good Lions team. And to me, this game doesn't take off that much luster if they're missing a couple of guys. It it would be more, you'd hear more of the fan base throwing that stuff out if it was a college game. But the NFL, you you deal with injuries all the time. Now the the question I have for you guys is, I, I play a weekly you pick them. You just pick the winners of every right. every game Fire in the league. Pool. Yeah. How would you guys see this game? Even looking at the two injuries, I just want to know your opinion before I fill in my uh, ballot. You think the Lions win this, or you think the Chiefs win it in a close one? What do you? What are your thoughts? Honestly, I I do think, and I, you know, you try not to let your fandom come into it. I do think the Lions figure out a way to pull it out. Mm-hmm. That. Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they're not going to let the Chiefs get blown out. But I do think the Lions are going to come in with something to prove. And, you know, they're a little healthier. You know, they've, they've got – I mean, I guess Jamison Williams isn't there. But, you know, we're going to see what Jameer Gibbs can do. We're going to see what this new defense can do with all the, you know, secondary, you know, the new guys in the secondary and stuff. I, I do think the Lions figure out a way to pull this out. Unless Mahomes just does an absolutely ridiculous yeah, thing. I don't – I feel like these opening night games, when they get the rings, it goes one of two ways. They come out inspired, or it's just they're flatter than flat. You remember the New England versus the Chiefs game, whatever that was, seven, eight years ago, and they lost by about 40. I think it almost maybe, in a sense, kind of hurts that the Chiefs aren't at at full strength. It's almost like it's kind of woken them up. 
it's like they they aren't coming in, you know, high on their resting on their laurels. They're coming in knowing they're going to be in a dogfight. I think it's still the Chiefs are favored favorites for sure. I'd still be surprised if the Lions beat them. It's just, I mean, it's tough going into Arrowhead. Place yeah. is going to be bananas. Opening game of the year, it's going to be on fire. Mm-hmm. You still have the best quarterback maybe ever on the other side behind Tom behind Tom Brady. It's going to be a tough win, and, and and I think that's kind of maybe my overarching point on why it's a bummer that Kelsey is out. Is it's still a really, 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 really good team, but now you people are going to view the Chiefs as this kind of second tier Chiefs team, and I still think they're they're really damn good. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they could win a Super Bowl without Travis Kelsey. I know he's coming back, but I mean, I don't put anything past Mahomes. Yeah, well, that's how I see it too, Jared. In fact, my dream scenario is this: Lions open up the NFL season at Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and he drives them downfield for a late score for Kansas City win, right? But the Lions pick up a lot of confidence in that loss, if that's possible. The replay is in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs and the Lions, and the Lions get their revenge. That's I'm laying it on the table right now. That's how I see it. I mean, really, like you're talking about going to Vegas. Vegas has, at least last I looked, it's it's been a few weeks, but they had the the Lions as like the fourth best odds to win the NFC. So really what you're saying isn't that far-fetched. For me, with the Lions, it all comes down to can Jared Goff play like he did in the second half of last year? And And then can the defense be a little better? Defense was fine. They were okay last year, but... If they want to be legitimately win the division, make the playoffs, and make a run to the Super Bowl, the defense has to be better. So that that's a big part to me. Aaron Glenn, you know, has to have those guys a little more cleaned up, and you know, not making it so Jared Goff has to score forty eight points to win every game. You know, mm-hmm. that's just not feasible. So, you know, and then health. I mean, we're the Chiefs are already dealing with it. You know, health is a big thing. Yeah, the Lions signed Teddy Bridgewater, cool, but if Jared Goff goes down. I think those odds probably go down quite a bit too. Britt Bridgewater is solid, but they, they need golf. They need St. Brown to stay healthy. They need the running. They're like they, you know, got to stay healthy. That, that's a big thing. Yep. I can see what, it though, man, a lions Chiefs super bowl. Woo, that'd be fun. What is your guys' official prediction uh, for this year? I think, I think the national media, as I've been listening, I almost think it's gone like it's sort of similar to the J.J. McCarthy situation, for me anyway, where it was like six months of all nonstop positivity about McCarthy and or, you know, the Lions in this case. And I think because people have been hearing about the Lions, 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 that they've almost turned on them. And they're, now people are kind of hammering the under on the win totals at nine and a half. Ooh. I got a, I got almost a bad feeling about this year. I know that we are, you know, kind of looking past that. The Dan Campbell, we ended all the demons and the curses with the Packers game last year. But how do you not, as Lions fans, have a little bit of apprehension going into this year, knowing that every goddamn year we blow it? Why is this year going to be any different? Oh, you have to have apprehension. There's right. no question being a Lions fan. I mean, I'm I'm nervous as hell, even though I'm saying I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. It could turn in a hurry, but I just have this hunch. And, I, you know, I've been watching the Lions play football for a long, long time. And I think you retweeted it, Matt, or Jared, one of you two did, about the little hype video for the 91 Lions. And there's a lot of similarities to the to the skill factors on both of those teams. And I don't know. It does make me nervous, Jared. But if I had to say over under, 
you know, and I'm not a betting man. I'd say I'd say they make 10 wins, possibly 11 wins in the regular season. That's my gut. Yeah, that, I I feel like the over feels pretty safe at this point, but it's the Lions, so right. you just you never know. I, I it just seems like they've they kind of put it together a little bit. It helps too that their division is up to grabs or up for grabs. The North, you know, really any team in the North, I feel like could win it this year, and the Lions could definitely be one of them. So it is funny you say that though, because a couple people at work the last week or two have been coming up to me. And like you said, people are getting sick of the Lions hype. Some people have come up to me and been like, man, why are why are the Lions getting so much love? It's the Lions. Why why are people talking about the Lions so much? And I'm right. just like, trust me, I get it. <laughs> I agree. But then I try and say like, but I think they've actually put together a solid roster. I think Dan Campbell's kind of turned things around, you know, whatever else. So, but yeah, you, you've got to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. Be, can't be too excited. Well, you talked about JJ a little bit there, Jared. Let's let's swing over to college football. Week one, our quarterback had about as good a game as you could ever see. I mean, he throws the ball, at least in game one, he was right on the money pretty much every throw. Yeah. Honestly, man, I, I don't know. So I, I was at Disney, just a quick, you know, I was at Disney, anyone who didn't watch our reaction video or anything like that. So I was able to get back to our hotel room basically right at noon our, our son naps around that time so i was like yeah I'll, I'll go back to the room and i'll hang with him while he naps and you know we'll talk about the whole peacock streaming thing a little later more <laughs> yeah. but i was able to sit on the bed while he napped i have my phone i'm watching the game it actually worked out really well i was, I was able to watch the game even though i was out of town but uh yes Everything that McCarthy did, again, it was against East Carolina, but whatever. It's still a D1 team. It's still, you know, a, a, a solid program or, you know, whatever you want to say. But he just looks so much better. Mm-hmm. I mean, he played well last year. Obviously, they went to the college football playoff, but he was making throws that it was like, if he plays like this, they have they can win the national title. He was on the money he was you know moving around in the pocket he was avoiding sacks um he looked good he looked he good i mean again you, you try not to get too excited it's one game against east carolina but man mccarthy it looks like with a full you know his second season as a starter a full off season as the starter his third year at michigan i mean man I'll be curious to see this weekend against UNLV, see what they can kind of build on. But that he was, looked great. Okay. I mean, you you laid it out, Matt. Per- basically a perfect game. <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest, he played a perfect game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the visor that he brought that out this year. <laughs> Looks great. That Immediately, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, he's got a new level of confidence heading into this year. He looked incredible. I'm going to be honest. Watching this team play without Harbaugh on the sidelines, maybe it's the Peacock app thing. This game felt like it had like almost no juice. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because it was going side by side with Colorado and we had the two screen experience going. And I felt like my eyes were always drawn to the Colorado game for whatever reason. But I really do think there is a different team on that sideline when Harbaugh is not there. Almost like a sense of urgency. Uh, we always bludgeon these teams by about 50. Um, and I don't know what was the one difference this year. It felt like maybe it's just because Harbaugh is not there. There wasn't that same sense of, when you're the backups get get in, when whoever you know gets their chance, like they want to make a play for Harbaugh. I, I can just imagine my you know inspiration if I'm a player making a big time play. Harbaugh's to my left. I'm running off the field. He gives me a high five and says good job. Like it makes me smile just thinking about that. 
So I, but so basically, long way around to me saying I'd worry about this team in these first four, three games if there was, you know, a top 25 matchup without Harbaugh on the sideline. I really do think it is a different team. What do you guys think? Did you guys notice that as well, watching or not so much? I think so. I mean, just quickly before you jump in, Ted, I, I really do wonder if the experience that came back, you know, McCarthy has been there for a couple of years. He's already been to the college football playoff twice. I know he wasn't the starter the first time, but the experience, everything happening with the Harbaugh situation, you know, these guys, Corum came back. Donovan Edwards wants to prove that, you know, he's going to the NFL, wants to, you know, build his draft stock. You know, other guys, Roman Wilson, Cornelius Johnson, they want to build their draft stock, the offensive line, everyone. I think this team, I mean, maybe outside of kicker, we saw, you know, we don't have Jake Moody anymore, but um, I kind of like what we're saying with the Lions. You know, I think they've got all the pieces. And, you know, once Harbaugh comes back, maybe that's going to be extra juice, kind of like what you're saying, Jared. Oh, it'll definitely be extra juice. Uh, I do have a concern about the kicking game, though. I mean, yeah, you know, they, they did they did win a couple close ones last year with Moody, and uh, they better shore that up real soon if they're going to make it to the college football playoffs. But looking at them, every other position, you know, and the way they play, it's definitely a, a playoff team again. You know, we'll see what happens. They got to play the games, but uh, definitely impressive. I'm gonna in. I'm gonna say something dumb. I know it's dumb. It's a bit of a hot take. I'm going to say it. It's dumb. Mm -hmm. When I was watching other games this weekend, LSU versus Florida State, for example, it almost felt like the game was at a different speed where these athletes on Florida State, I mean, Keon Coleman, uh, Johnny Wilson, this other wide receiver they have, the quarterback looked incredible, the defense flying around, linebackers look like they're NFL ready now. I didn't get that sense watching Michigan. And I know that we're really splitting hairs and dissecting a game versus ECU that we really shouldn't. I just am worried a little bit about that defensive line, the the linebackers, the the wide receivers on the edge. I mean, Roman Wilson, kind of the charm of him is that you look at him and you're like, he doesn't look like he's that good of an athlete. He's kind of a small guy. I, I worry about it. And again, I'm reading too much into the into this game compared to the other great games we saw this weekend. But when you think about Michigan, these opening weekends and that defense, it almost felt like every year you don't really know who's coming out. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you turn on the screen and, oh, there's Devin Bush versus Florida. Just jumps off the screen like, wow, this guy is a first-round linebacker. Looks like a stud. Obviously, our secondary is really good. Mike Sand was still my favorite player, big-time mm-hmm. play. Outside of that secondary, I didn't see that NFL first-round talent immediately in that ECU game. Now, I'm sure, yeah. Matt, you probably know some guys that are that talent, but I didn't see it sight unknown. I didn't see it, you know, just not knowing what's going into that game basically. Well, yeah. I mean, a big thing too is with the secondary Rod Moore and, and Will Johnson, they didn't even play. And those are probably the two, I mean, Mike Sainer still is, is really good too, but Michigan's two best guys in the secondary didn't play and the secondary still looked right. that good. So I don't think they're going to have any issues there. I, I did see, I, I read something and one of my friends was at the game and he, he texted and he noticed they were rotating. I kind of noticed too a little bit, but they were rotating a ton of guys on the defensive line. I don't know if that was just a strategy. Hey, let's, you know, we, we figure we're going to blow East Carolina. Let's get the defensive line a ton of snaps for a bunch of guys. You know, maybe that was a strategy because I think that was noticeable. They didn't really pressure the quarterback a whole lot. Um, but honestly, it just the defense, whether it's, you know, whoever Mike Mc, or, uh, McDonald or now Jesse Minter, who was the acting head coach, the defense never seems to be an issue. I don't know. I'm not too worried about the defense. They'll 
whether it's Chase Winovich coming through, whether it's Rashawn Gary, whether it's, you know, then Aiden Hutchinson, they always seem to find pieces on the defensive line. I'm not too worried about that. I get what you're saying though. I feel like that's been something people have said for a while about Michigan when they watch sec games and then they turn on Michigan Penn state. They're like, the speed just looks different. You know, I don't know. I feel like maybe that's just different recruiting, you know, maybe teams in the South try and recruit Denard Robinson type of speed versus big 10 type players. But, you know, there's no doubt about that. And and the, the comparison though, between the two games is a little bit, a little bit tilted. I mean, you look at Florida, (laughs) Florida state against LSU, man, that's a marquee matchup and the juices are going to be sky high. And, but I will say this Florida state, in that one game alone, to me, I mean, they're one of the, you know, six, seven teams, obviously, playoff capable. I mean, they got a good team. They're they're going to be tough to deal with this year. Uh, Did, so, real quick, before we move on from Michigan, I just got to throw this out there in case you guys didn't see it. So, basically, the news kind of came out of what went down last year with Cade and JJ yeah. uh, and them battling. Essentially, what happened was, so if you didn't see the, the news, basically, when JJ committed to Michigan, and this was after Cade had kind of won the starting job with that win over Rutgers and the COVID year and all that. He texted Cade and basically said, hey, I can't wait to get to Ann Arbor, learn from you, work with you. Cade basically ghosted him, never responded. <laughs> um, and I just thought that was very surprising, man, because you look at Cade and everything we've seen, he seemed like the ultimate kind of character guy. That was like basically one of the pros of Cade was like, man, he's a great leader, uh, has locker room, you know, pushing forward ahead. He's got He's mentoring J.J., it just is kind of shocking to hear that break that that wasn't what it was at all. Does that surprise you guys? Doesn't surprise me one bit. I mean, cause it's one of those things that, you know, I don't know, Cade, whether it's all the, the positive stuff we see on Twitter or like, like you said, those videos, you know, we don't know what's really going on behind closed doors. And then all I remember too, is I know he got banged up last year, but then he, the week of the big 10 championship announced his, He's transferring. Right. And to me, he was, he was a captain of the team. He was voted a captain. In the week of the Big Ten Championship, you announce you're going to transfer. To me, that's just like, even if you are going to transfer, man, wait till after the Big Ten Championship. Wait till at least, you know, that period between that game and the college football playoff to say, all right, I'm going to go. I got to find my place, you know, the team I'm going to. He wasn't even on the sidelines for some of those games at the end of the year. I know, again, he was dealing with an injury, but – Stuff like that made me say, "I something's up." Like he's he's not happy here. Something, so yeah. I, it didn't surprise me. Yeah, you know, and again, we're not in a court of law. Right. Uh, we we would say allegedly on this because the guy, whoever said that that is what happened, it hasn't been published who it was, right? Right. No. So, but that's beside the point, Matt. Your point's perfect, and then. The other thing I look at is remember when Cade got in a game and the offensive lineman just said, "Here's our lookout block," and he just got pulverized. So you're really in on this conspiracy theory, huh? Well, a little bit, a little bit. No, I mean, I, a little bit too, because I've seen people too, like out there after that stuff came out, firing out a ton of retweets of after Cade, you know, announced he was transferring. Players on the team were saying like, you know, good luck to Cade. You know, you're a great teammate. You know, great quarterback. Blah blah blah. It, at trying to make it seem like all that stuff wasn't true, man, players aren't going to come out and publicly, I mean, maybe some will, but they're not going to come out and publicly bash a guy. Yeah. They're going to say, good luck to this guy. Great quarterback, you know, move on. So I don't put much stock into that real quick. Again, we're, we're, you know, starting to run log on Michigan. What do you guys make on the, 
on the first play of the game, Michigan did that whole tribute. <laughs> you know, they showed some support for Harbaugh. They did that crazy, you know, formation, put up the floor, and then they yeah. went on and played. People are making the biggest deal out of this thing. And to be honest, I didn't even, if the broadcast didn't talk about it, I wouldn't have even like noticed. You know, I noticed, I saw they came out like that, but I was kind of like, oh, you know, cool. And then Tariko, you know, went, went on about it. But mm-hmm. man, it's just players, it's college players telling their head coach, hey, man, we're thinking of you move on like i it, it's just crazy the stuff that people make a big deal about but was is it not funny like how they're wearing the free harbaugh shit and it's like michigan suspended like if it's it'd be like if three-point pod if we self-imposed a suspension on ted for a couple pods and then i came on wearing a free ted sure it almost like doesn't make sense like you suspended him yourself well so that was the only part that i was like what is going on here this doesn't really add up but i i did think that the number four gesture you know harbaugh is watching it on his couch at sharon moore's house I thought that was a nice gesture, but in terms of the whole free Harbaugh shit, I, I didn't understand it. I, I understand it. I mean, it's even though they it, it was self-imposed by the university, it was a free Harbaugh directed at the university administrators, wasn't it? That or and the NCAA, who was still oh. kind of investigating him. I think right. it was maybe just an overall telling everyone move on from this type yeah, it was of that thing, simple you know? the people that argue that oh the you know it's self-imposed look they're just saying they want their coach back that's all right no big deal <laughs> no big deal yep. we're excited know. though michigan look good yep unlv this weekend they should i think the over under was at like 57 and a half or something like that i mean mm-hmm. hopefully same same deal well, 30, over, 35 point blowout win, hopefully. Absolutely. You know, and over in East Lansing, Michigan State opened up with a kind of a yawner, but they woke up just before halftime, picked up a 31 7 win over CMU. You know, quarterback Noah Kim looked okay at times, but, you know, you can't help but wonder what, what went on with Peyton Thorne leaving and Keon Coleman. I mean, I didn't realize he was that good. I mean, he, he had some, you know, he played well against Michigan last yep. year and he had a couple other, you know, pretty big games, but right. He didn't necessarily look like that, you know, in East Lansing. Uh, I don't know, Jared, and I'm not, I'm really not trying to take a shot at Michigan state, but Jared, you mentioned watching like Florida state LSU and noticing a difference in the speed. Oh man. Watching Michigan state, central Michigan. That was like watching freshman football at the high school level or something it was just and i know michigan state's trying to figure out the quarterback situation and some other you know positions like that but that game he ted you said it was a yawner i mean Mm -hmm. you know again michigan state has some stuff to figure out is kim going to be their quarterback are they you know some other positions but i mean mel tucker was supposed to be the savior of that program hitting the transfer portal getting recruits and that roster just does not look very strong so they, they might be able to figure some stuff out. Michigan State usually does kind of figure things out. But right now, uh, the, what, what was it, five and a half? Was there over-under win total for the season? Yep. That that under is looking kind of intriguing right now for the Spartans. Mm-hmm. See, I, I might have a bit of a surprising take on this game. One, I just got to say this about CMU. Holy, my God, they're horrible. They <laughs> are so bad, man. And it, it starts with the quarterback. I mean, Bert Emanuel Jr., what in God's green earth did I just watch? He literally can't <laughs> throw a ball. He can't throw a spiral. Like, I was laughing at work talking about this. Literally, like, I'm not – take away the athleticism, the decision-making, just the simple act of throwing a football. <laughs> I can throw a football better than that guy could. 
which is hilarious to think about. I could throw right. a football better than a Division One quarterback, and the announcers crack me up. They're comparing him to Jaden Daniels. They're comparing him to Lamar Jackson. Tom Izzo, who they brought on in the third quarter, was the only one that seemed to have some sense where they said something along the lines of, man, what does this quarterback look like to you? Man, he looks like a freaking star in the making or something like that. And Izzo goes, yeah, he'd be really good if he could throw the football. <laughs> it was embarrassing. It's almost like you can't even rate Michigan State. Right. Defense. They had a quarterback that couldn't throw a forward pass. Yeah. It's Ted's era out there. Um, <laughs> I don't know. My, my main takeaway from that game is, dear God, CMU is headed for some dark times. I mean, Bert Emanuel. They basically said that he's been offered by Alabama, been offered by Texas to play all these different positions, not to play quarterback. I mean, we see why. Literally can't play quarterback. He had a whole offseason to develop and throw a spiral. Couldn't do it. I don't. It's just a scary world that CMU is living in where because of the transfer portal and you worry about leaving these guys, you have to trot out a quarterback who is basically just a wildcat quarterback 24-7. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as for Michigan State, I actually thought they looked pretty good. Um, I thought Noah Kim, which is the biggest question mark, was quarterback. I thought he looked good. I think my biggest question mark with State is the playmakers on the outside. Yeah. And it sucks because they lost Keon Coleman. Right. I mean, they were trying to hype up this tight end, uh, Carr, like he was some super athlete coming from the basketball court to the football field. He literally looked like he couldn't run. Like, looked like he might have had a five-five forty, and he was gassed as soon as they, <laughs> as soon as that first snap went off. So I think it's more about finding some guys in the perimeter that can make some plays, running backs that can make some plays, because I think they have a decent quarterback, and I think nobody's taking them seriously this year. I mean, Washington coming up in a week. Mm-hmm. I think they got a legit chance at that game. I really do. Washington looked damn good week one. They but did. I think they're going to surprise some people. Yeah, I mean, well, Michigan State has Richmond. They, they should definitely beat Richmond. And then the, the big one is, yeah, Washington, like you yep. just said. So we'll see. I think they, they then they have, like, Maryland and Iowa after Washington. So that stretch right there, we'll, we'll know for sure. We'll know. We'll definitely know. <laughs> well, you know, we had a great week one of college football. I mean, it, there were some good matchups, some good games. I mean, prime time, man, made a lot of believers out there now, huh? All right. Let me, let me jump in quick. Cause I, I, I already bef- off, off mic. We, I heard what Jared had to say. So I, I think we're not going to agree here. All right. So <laughs> I have to like, like we mentioned, pump our brakes a little bit with the Lions and the excitement and stuff like that. The prime, the coach prime stuff, the Deion Sanders stuff, it doesn't like I'm not angry about it. It doesn't bother me. It's not anything like that. I just I'm I'm blown away at how so many people are acting like he is the next Bear Bryant. He is already better than Nick Saban and Colorado. They they jumped into the top twenty five, and I'm just like, man, okay. Yes, one win over TCU, who was in the college football playoff last year, but they lost a lot. So TCU was probably overranked coming into this game. We know preseason rankings mean basically nothing. I mean, look at Duke just beat Clemson. So those preseason rankings mean almost nothing. I'm I'm excited. I think the Coach Prime thing is fun. It's a great storyline. I think he's he's great for college football. The energy, you know, trying to go outside the mold with the NIL stuff and break the NCAA traditional BS and all that kind of stuff. All of that is a stuff that something we can talk about every week on the podcast, you know, all that kind of thing. The thing that bothers me is the people like already crowning him the best coach in the history of college football. And just the way, I mean, it, he was this way, you know, his whole career. So you, you knew he was going to be this way, but the way that he comes off 
and acting like, see, are you a believer now? Do you believe now? You almost want to say it's been one game. Like in a few weeks, you play USC and Oregon in back-to-back weeks. Let's talk after those games. Let's talk, you know, four, five, six weeks into the season and see where you guys are at. That's the only thing that bothers me. It almost like he's almost like in the media and him, they're, they're almost like treating it like discrediting Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, Jim Harbaugh, people who've been doing this their whole lives for years and years coaching. And he's coming in acting like after one week, a win over TCU, he's got it all figured out type of thing. It's almost like, you know, like, like the get off my lawn type of thing when, when you've been working at a place for a long time and the, the young fresh out of college person comes into your workplace acting like they know everything. And you want to be like, I've already been working here for 15, 20 years. Don't act like you've got it all figured out just yet. Maybe it, maybe it's something like that. I'm excited. I think it'll be fun. Let's see how the, how the season goes. I don't know, man. I, Here's here's the thing with the the backlash kind of and, and what you're saying and the disrespected Saban or or you know coaches who have done it a long time. I don't think he's necessarily disrespected anyone. I think he came in realized, hey, I'm on a clock. I got to turn this thing around. Coaches are given. We saw with Richrod, maybe you give four years, maybe you can turn something around. You got three years to start winning at a big time level, or you're gone. I have no problem with him coming in cleaning house. Clearly, they were horrendous last year, and One it's a win. totally different roster this year. Um, but a lot of guys, like we saw on College Game Day, it, uh, Corso is coming after him, like saying how this is like it's not right what he did. You know, we all saw the video of him when he first addressed Colorado, saying, you know, he's got luggage coming and it's Louie. You guys might as well hop in the portal now because you're not going to be playing. Yeah, I appreciate that he was kind of straight up with those guys. And yep. this is something that's just uh, it was such an unknown and such a mind boggler. It was kind of a where were you game. There's only so many of those every year. I mean, you think of of Michigan games in my lifetime, I wrote down a quick list of games that I feel that way about. I mean, you had Michigan versus MSU 2015, trouble with the snap. You had the under the lights game uh, for the first time. You had Michigan, Ohio State 2006. You had Michigan versus MSU 2021. You had Michigan versus Ohio State 2021 and 2022. In my life, those are the only games I would pencil in that category. You know, and then on the national level, you got games like, you know, Clemson used to play Bama in the college football playoff. You know, Texas is back versus Notre Dame all those years ago. Manziel versus Bama both times. Uh, Clemson versus Bama, as I already said. There's only so many of those games every year. And, Matt, maybe this is kind of affecting your view a little bit, is that you were on the Peacock-Disney train, weren't able to <laughs> watch every second of this game like I was. Yeah. I mean, this was an incredible feat. They looked freaking impressive. Uh, I mean, number one story, Shadur Sanders. Ooh. We talked all offseason about McCarthy's performance against TCU. And he went out and lit J.J. McCarthy's performance on fire in his very first Division One FBS game. It's just, it was just, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen watching this team. Their white jerseys, primetime, the halftime interviews, perfect. Uh, the post game, uh, talking to the reporters, basically asking them if they believe. If they don't believe, he's not answering your question. I, I loved it, uh, Ted. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts because you're kind of the college football hierarchy, you know, the patriarch on this podcast, kind of. Uh, what did you make of that? I thought it was incredible. And I didn't necessarily think he, he, he was, uh, what Matt said, basically, I didn't think he was, uh, making fun of or discouraging other college coaches with how he did it. I just think he did it his way and it's mm-hmm. making a lot of people look stupid and people don't like yeah. that. It's yeah. kind of weird that usually I have a solid take, but I, I understand both sides. I mean, let's see what he can do midway through the season where he's sitting at. Yeah. 
he got the big win against TCU and the whole prime time hype train is rolling. I'm not against it. I'm, yeah. I mean, it, 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 there's juice now. I mean, there's, let's look at it this way. There's added juice in college football, right. whether you, he's and, he, right and he's, now. he's one of those personalities. You either like him or you hate him. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it just draws up nothing but interest. I think it's a great storyline for college football where it all shakes down in, in the annals of, uh, you know, all time, great coaches. There's a whole hell of a lot to be played before we even get into that conversation. Right. And the people that are saying he's the greatest thing ever, like you said, just slow it down a little bit. Here's what blew my mind about it is, is if you, this team that has a new staff, 85 new players, right? You would think that they would have like miscues, almost like a Mel Tucker coach team all over the field. They did not like, it was like, it was like a perfectly played game. Mm-hmm. It just, it just blew my mind. It, it, yeah. it really did. Travis Hunter playing both ways, like Ted back in 1968, cornerback <laughs> and wide receiver. I mean, that was very impressive. It just was. You, you nailed it, Ted. It's the number one story in college football right now. Yeah. And, and it'll. Right. I can't wait to watch that game. It'll, it'll continue to be as long as even if you know they, they do end up like a 500 team. You know, people are still going to be talking about. Deion Sanders and, and what he's doing with Colorado, I think in part because kind of everything you said and, and what I do appreciate about what he's doing, he's doing it his way and he's doing yeah. it against the, the traditional ways of college football. And, you know, we've talked about whether it's with the transfer portal or the, the Jim Harbaugh investigation BS and all that. The NCAA is just a mess and a joke. Yeah. And we all know that. So I, I love that Deion Sanders is almost trying to blow it up because like I, I saw – I think he's got like 51 players from the portal and Dabo Sweeney on, on their, their team this year with Clemson one. And he's, he's one that's been against the portal uh, vocal about like, even against NIL and players getting paid and, you know, coaches like Jim Harbaugh and Deion Sanders, they're all about their players getting paid and they're all about, you know, getting revenue sharing and the transfer portal. So in that sense, I love what he's doing because it is a different game. I mean, yeah, you know, I think some of it is maybe getting a little bit out of control with some of the transfer portal stuff and, and you know, some things like that. But if you don't go that way, we see what's happening with Clemson. Right. Yeah, you know, maybe they just got upset against Duke, but it doesn't look like they're the Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, Clemson teams anymore. And maybe that's because Dabo Sweeney's not keeping up with the times. Yeah, you got to roll. You got to play the game how the game is set up for you. And the game nowadays is is nil transfer portal. If you aren't playing that game, you're not going to be successful. But I I was going to throw this out there. It just popped into my mind. You know, we're hearing all this Deion Sanders hype now, and and a lot of youngsters, maybe your age, Jared, or even a little young younger. He's been this way his entire career. I mean, right. when he played at Florida State, how do you think he got that name primetime? And then for the Cowboys and the NFL, I mean, he played for uh, he played baseball and football two games on the same day, right. two professional games. He, so Dion is on, he's an amazing individual. He yeah. really is. And again, what I was blown away was just how well coached they seem to be. Yeah, uh, on sur- at least service level. I mean, that was what really impressed me, man. Uh, they gained two hundred thousand. Uh, social media followers this weekend wow. that game. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I know one kid here at West Bloomfield stud, like four star was committed to Notre Dame for the longest time. Right. Dion goes to Colorado. He flips basically that day to Colorado. He is going to be a problem. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, I didn't expect them to be a problem this soon, uh, right. but they are going to be a problem for oh, the foreseeable yeah. future in college football. 
The yeah. biggest, the biggest thing, what it'll come down to, he's going to get talent. I mean, you just mentioned it. A, a, a kid flipped immediately. I mean, even Nebraska with Matt Rule. Matt Rule's a, a, a proven head coach. You know, Nebraska. You know, maybe they're a little down this year or whatever. Let's see him against Lincoln Riley in USC. Let's see him against Oregon in you know some of these big time games. Even they play Clemson later um, in the season, so we'll see how that goes. But um, you know, let let's see some of those games. Yeah, you know, TCU. I think they were like I said, a little overranked. But like we said, if anything, it's fun to talk about. Absolutely, some, well, something we can talk about forever. And if they if they go out there and beat Lincoln Riley and USC, oh boy, I've got wow. two quick little general kind of college football comments. Um, tell me if you guys follow one. Did you guys notice that the more commercials, that was a big topic of debate on Twitter. Um, basically, what for those who don't know, the first down uh, marker or the first down rule, where basically when you got a first down, the clock would stop in college football. It's no longer a thing, just like the NFL. Till the last two minutes. I, I think we were all okay with that. Like, whatever. It's not too much of a difference. All they would tell us about how the game was going to be shortened is how, oh, it's only five less plays. Right. What they didn't tell us is that game time was basically going to be just replaced with commercials yep. and the game was going to take just as long. I don't blame the TV companies. I don't blame anybody for doing it. It's the, it's the world we live in. It's just a bummer to kind of see that play out the way it did. Um, and we're, we're complaining. We're bitching. I could, I'll watch every second of college football. I did all weekend. So I, I, it's not really that big of a deal. But did you guys notice that as well? Or am I just a sheep? seeing things on Twitter and following it real quick. I, I, right when I said Colorado plays Clemson, I knew that was wrong. They, they play Oregon state later in the season. I knew they had like one more pretty big game in Utah, yeah. not Clemson, but uh, the, um, the commercials I've just, I've never really thought they were an issue. I don't know. Maybe it's cause I work in TV and I, I maybe it, that's something with it, but I've just, I've never thought it was an issue more less. I just know commercials are there. You just got to deal with it. If you're watching on TV, you're going to see commercials. Well, we we get college football on television because of commercials. There's there's right. no getting around that. But I do agree that watching a game, you know, without being able to flip, that's when you really notice it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And so yeah. Or if there's a big national game on, you want to watch the game. There's nothing else on, and you got to sit through those commercials. It 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 does seem like you know they they shorten the game as far as plays, but the length of the game with commercials is the same so we're actually it's dragging out a little bit longer i agree with that yeah you said you had a couple yeah, takes and then number uh number two this is a good one a positive <laughs> the post malone uh something real song is the college football anthem uh-huh. i tell you what they nailed it this year a lot of times with that quote-unquote anthem it's horrible it's a song that's you know either been on the radio for the last year and you're right. sick of it or it's some new song that you never heard of and it sucks they nailed it it's college football in a song it's it's so good the mm-hmm. promos that they run coming out of breaks or going into break i'm like watching it with my, my jaw on the ground like give me 30 more seconds of that commercial then let's yeah. get back to the actual game <laughs> i love it. It, it it's just perfect what do you guys think of that song yeah same thing well Solid. we'll see if it's we'll see if it's the same 12 weeks from now and we've heard that a hundred times or whatever <laughs> but right now yeah it's great Absolutely. Uh, before we move on into uh, Tedertainment, which uh, I think, and it is a longer podcast, but that's all right. It's a start of football, and we'll have some hot takes in Tedertainment. I just wanted to throw out a quick thought, guys. We yeah. are at in an era right now, 
it's a transitional time in sports. I mean, you got the major league baseball pitch clock, college football, as we're talking about, the clock runs on first downs, uh, eliminates plays. You know, the commercials do make up for it. Uh, there's media wars going on, ESPN, Charter Spectrum, and we'll talk more about that. And now the mega conferences, you know, we're at a, we're at a time where it's a big transition. I see it, you know, more than in other years. You guys have thoughts on that or you think it's just business as usual? Well, I don't know about business as usual because, yeah, definitely a lot of stuff has changed. And there's always been conference realignment, you know, in college football, like Penn State jumped into the Big Ten in the mid-90s. You know, there's been some other changes like when Maryland and Rutgers came in, you know, maybe not obviously as big as all these mega conferences, like you said, that's being, you know, dueled out right now. I do think a big thing is how the TV game has changed. And, we're yeah, we're going to get into that a little more in entertainment. But, you know, it used to be obviously when cable became it. You used to just turn on ABC, right, every Saturday. Right. And that's how you watched Michigan every every Saturday. And that, then all of a sudden cable became a thing. And you had to buy cable if you wanted to watch games on ESPN. But now it's all changing to streaming. So it does seem like there's always been something. Yeah. Like it always changes somehow. Music goes from eight tracks to records, cassettes to CDs to, you know, DVDs for movies. You know, like there's always media, technology, everything is always changing. It does seem like there's a lot changing right now. Well, on top of that, you kind of brought it up. I mean, isn't it weird watching Nestler and Danielson calling Big Ten games and not SEC games? Yeah. Yeah, like Michigan, Michigan's going to be on CBS this Saturday against UNLV. That's the one thing, man. I, yeah, that should be my third point of the weekend. That three thirty slate, it's 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 SEC, man. Mm -hmm. It's SEC. It's CBS. It always has been. We'll get over it. Like you said, everything's always changing, Matt. But in terms of that first weekend, and you see this massive production put in by the CBS of like drone shots of, of Indiana's field and there's nobody in the crowd and just that, that Ohio state, which they don't look very good by the way, versus Indiana, how the game had no juice. And you hear Danielson on the call. It, it just, it just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah. It's going to be cool to hear him calling a Michigan game, but it's just different. I've always yeah. loved that CBS sec presentation at three 30. Yeah. Amen. Well, we'll get into some television talk and entertainment tonight, right after this short pause. Are you ready to take your brand to the next level? Look no further. Introducing AZ Branding Solutions, where we help grow your brand from A to Z. At AZ, we're committed to helping businesses and organizations like yours reach new heights. Our full-service print and digital branding agency is your one-stop destination for all things branding. Need a stunning web or graphic design that captures your essence? We've got you covered. Want captivating social media content that engages your audience? Done. And that's not all. We're experts in video production and photography, ensuring your brand tells a compelling visual story. Plus, we specialize in screen printing and embroidery, turning your brand into wearable art that speaks volumes. Whether you're a startup or an established business, AZ is here to transform your brand dreams into reality. Ready to grow with us? Partner with AZ today and experience the difference. Visit our website at www.az.co or give us a call at 1-844-360-AZEE. AZ Branding Solutions, where your success begins. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services is the official and exclusive realtor and broker for Three Point Podcast. Corey and her team have been providing personal, 
exemplary service in real estate sales since 2004. Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services are total professionals helping you sell your current house or buying your dream home. Stop in at 216 West Exchange Street in Owasso, get info online at coreyshook.com, and follow on Facebook at Corey Shook Realtor for more details. If you are looking for honesty, ambition, and expertise, you're looking for Corey Shook and Associates Real Estate Services. I suppose I should start this because I know we're going to get some commentary. Uh, I had tweeted that after that uh, uh, opening weekend of football with a dispute between Charter Spectrum and the Disney group, including ESPN, the timing of college football being pulled off of the uh, cable uh, <laughs> cable network, Charter Spectrum, uh, drew an uproar, and as it should, you know, I mean – I, I'm a sales guy. I'm also a, a grizzled veteran. And I know if you're doing some negotiations, you want to negotiate from a, a spot of power. And what better power does ESPN have than to pull their their football games off spectrum? I mean, that, that's the start of it. Yeah. So they so they did that. Unfortunately, or fortunately for me, I wasn't home Thursday night when when the season began and that happened. But you know, I'm one of 15 million subscribers to cable, so that was going to be the final straw. I mean, I even tweeted it. That's it. I'm out. I'm finally cutting the cord. And again, where I throw this out there that you come when you want to negotiate, you want to negotiate from a spot of power. I decided. I did my full due diligence. I looked at Hulu Plus, YouTube TV. I was probably going to go with YouTube TV, but I was still thinking about it. And then I thought, you know what? I have been a cable subscriber since the late 70s. Consistently. My first basic cable bill was (laughs) $8.95. Now, I like the convenience of cable, right? And I'm also a loyal person in general. So I I had decided to cut all the cable. But then I thought to myself, you know, why should I penalize myself without one more try? And I contacted the cable company. It took me probably an hour and 15 minutes finally to talk to a representative. And I said, well, listen. And I said, I'm going to give you, I've done this before. I've called and said my bill's too high. And then, you know, they work something out and they keep it the same or whatever. I said this time, I said, I'm cutting the bullshit. I'm going to tell you right now, this whole ESPN thing was a debacle and I need this much off my bill or I'm cutting the cable. And lo and behold, I now have cable with everything but ESPN currently. Every other channel that I had, nothing changed. My DVRs, everything stays the same. I'm essentially $4 more than I would get YouTube TV and everything else for. So it was a no-brainer to me. Even though I'm pissed, I'm not going to point fingers because there's both sides have a fault in this. But I'm happy for another year. Listen, just reading this this one, can you take it real quick before we get you down the rabbit hole? Take us back to that moment when you flipped on your TV on Thursday night, (laughs) sitting down, getting ready to watch first game of the year. Uh, Utah versus Florida, and what was your immediate reaction to this to this warning screen that they put on for people? Oh, I wish I had it, Jared. This is how it happened to me. I was actually at the Corona game live tweeting, and your dad sent a. I think he sent a text to all three of us, didn't he? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And that's the first I saw it. So I didn't really, I wasn't at home with my popcorn ready to watch a game when it I like happened. to imagine it that you were. That's how oh I like to imagine God. it. So I'm just going to. The popcorn would have went flying that. through the air. Like, it would have. I would have blown a gasket. <laughs> but I'm on ESPN side fully here. Just uh-huh. from this one point alone. One, no heads up from Spectrum that this game is not going to be available. True. What a disaster averted it was that we happened to have a Thursday night game Imagine Saturday at noon, you're getting ready to watch, you know, Michigan on ESPN or something. All of a sudden, you flip it on, it's a blackout. So we got lucky. You guys got lucky in that sense. Totally. But this this message they gave you when you realized you weren't going to have the game, quote unquote, this is what Spectrum said. We offered Disney a fair deal, yet they are demanding an excessive increase. They also <laughs> want to limit our ability to provide greater, greater customer choice and programming packages, forcing you to take and pay for channels you may not want. We are very disappointed in their position which has negatively impacted our customers to voice your concerns, go to ESPN or Disney ESPN fair deal.com. What? This is, it's like, they're trying to make us feel like bad about bad for spectrum. Like they didn't like, they're not this huge conglomerate business that could have made this deal happen. Right. Everything about this wording on this email was basically stick with us. You know, it's not our fault. It's all ESPN's fault. No, it's your fault. Uh, Pay the money. If you want to still be around in this space. So yes. I just thought that was hilarious that with all that being said and done, you are still a Spectrum customer. You just won't let go of cable, man. You're just <laughs> holding on to that, you know, Mount Everest. You're at the very top cliff hanging on by a couple fingernails. You just won't let go. It's there over. Is, there, you mentioned convenience. Obviously, the whole streaming situation. I've had these conversations with my parents, too, when, you know, they were looking into what whether they were going to start going streaming or if they were going to stick with, you know, traditional cable and stuff like that. The convenience part of just turning on your TV, flipping to TBS, flipping to TNT, ESPN when it used to be there is, is definitely the biggest plus. You don't have to worry about your internet. You don't have to worry about streaming, all that 100%, kind of stuff. 100%. So that, that's obviously one of the biggest things. Convenience though, you had to sit on the phone for almost two hours to get this all figured out. If you wanted to sign up for YouTube TV, hop online, sign up, subscribe, download the app, done. So that that's one of the big things. Me going back to my hotel, hopping on my phone, turning on Peacock. Right. So that's the other side of the convenience, being able to, when you travel, Ted, when you go out West, if you had YouTube TV, when you go to your hotel room, you know, most hotel rooms have TV or whatever, but you could log into your YouTube TV. Yeah, but I got an argument for that. Spectrum Mm -hmm. has an app. I can watch my local Spectrum anywhere in the country. Right, but you you can only watch the local Spectrum. If you had, say, say you went with Hulu, you'd have the whole Hulu library wherever you go. That's that's one of the big things with streaming. Yes, you know, once you add on Netflix, HBO, Hulu, uh, you know, Peacock, Paramount. Once you start adding on all these streaming services, you basically have a cable bill. But the thing is, I know Spectrum and other cable services do have like on-demand libraries now. Yeah, but it, do. it doesn't it doesn't compare to what you get with Hulu, what you get with ESPN Plus that has all the thirty for thirties, yeah. um, Disney Plus that has all the Marvel right. stuff, all the Star Wars stuff, all you know everything. You have so much content at your fingertips. When you go the streaming route, um, I've just, you know, I haven't had cable in such a long time. I've, I've just, I'm just so much more used. Well, to well let me just throw this out there, guys. I mean, 
I agree with what you're saying, and I agree I'm a dinosaur. You know, there's no Ice Age yet, though. I'm hanging on. <laughs> this and one, this and on. wait, hold on a second. I got I have cable, right? But I also have Peacock now, which right. I'm going to keep. On my cable, I have HBO Max, Showtime. I have Netflix. I have Disney. I have Amazon Prime. So right. I have I have all that I need to watch. That's, so, you know, yeah, and I, have it, I have it at the same price as it would to bundle everything, be, either it be Hulu or YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it's the convenience. So I'm paying the same price, but have everything well, I want to watch. Here's, and here's it's more convenient. Yep. If the Ice Age hasn't came yet, I mean, this was the, the meteorite hitting Earth. And <laughs> yes, right. Asteroid. <laughs> yeah, uh, asteroid meteorite. Um, what? So, correct me if I'm wrong, you are now flipping on the ESPN app to watch games on ESPN? Well, uh, again, full disclosure, uh, Friday morning after I saw your dad's uh, text, I said, I got to do something, man. College game day is coming up Saturday, and there's games on ESPN. So I signed up for a free week of Fubo that includes ESPN. So it bought me a week. And then after that, that's when I decided to keep the cable. I'm going to keep it because I got a year at the price I wanted. And if I have to, I'll just a la carte ESPN Plus and add it to my bill. So Big you're deal. going to basically yeah. have to do what we did with Peacock. And here's the thing why I don't yeah. why I don't blame ESPN. ESPN has cut deals with a lot of these te- YouTube I don't TV, blame them either. Hulu, uh, Hulu Live. It's it clearly it's a spectrum issue why this it deal is. didn't get done in my I opinion. Agree. Yeah. But now you're just making your your days kind of hell on Saturdays where you're going to have ESPN app and you're going to have to exit out of that app and then click on, you know, whatever spectrum to watch your Fox games. It just sounds like a disaster, man. No, the, the, well, the Ice Age is here. You need to freaking get on a life raft, or you're going to die. Well, I'm going to stay. At. I'm going to stay where I'm at. Let's make that clear. I'm going to stay right where I'm at. And the question is, maybe it will never happen. Is it? I never say never, but like I told you, Spectrum has 15 million subscribers, and if they don't carry ESPN, if they don't work out the negotiations here, and maybe they won't. Maybe ESPN Disney has dug in and said, and Matt, you've talked about it before. It looks like they want to completely stream because they cut out the middleman and they get all the profits. I understand that. Yeah. But do you think there's any hope that ESPN, after all this uproar and after how many people are canceling their spectrum, that they'll that spectrum will come to the table and work out some sort of deal? Know. No, we'll see. If I'm ESPN, yeah. real quick, Matt, you're mm-hmm. you know more than I do on this. If I'm ESPN and the way that Spectrum tried to basically make ESPN the villain in this situation, if I'm ESPN and I'm running things, I am saying F Spectrum. There will never be a deal done with you. You are going to die now as a result of it. That's you how could I be right. You could be right. Yeah. And I think the big thing too would be if ESPN sees an uptick in, I mean, like Ted, let's say you had to all of a sudden sign up for ESPN Plus, then right. this is ESPN saying, then why would we cut a deal with Spectrum? We're getting more subscribers on our streaming services. You know, we get more people signing up for Hulu Live and stuff like that. I think a big thing where cable will never go away, and it's not like dinosaurs or it's not saying, you know, people like you, Ted, that don't want to go away from cable necessarily. I think, you know, one thing is while you're at home a lot, I know you got you, you guys got some trips and you do travel quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But when you're at home, you know, you've got your cable. 
So, you know, you're comfortable. You can just flip it on. If there's people who travel a lot, whether for work or maybe there are just people who travel a lot, they don't need a cable bill because they're not mm -hmm. home all that much. You know, that's a big thing. But bars and restaurants are something where I feel like satellite or cable may like never go away right. because does, does a bar, if, if it's a college football Saturday, do they want to have to stream Peacock and ESPN and, you know, get YouTube TV to get that stuff? You know, that's where it does get a little dicey mm -hmm. because that's a big part. That's a big part of the, you know, the, the sports watching industry or whatever is sports books, you know, out in Vegas or the bars, Buffalo Wild Wings that have seven rivals, Tap House and Grill that has a hundred TVs and they've got games on everywhere where they can just flip, you know, oh, go to ESPN2, go to FS1, go to CBS. You know, that's one part where um, whether it's DirecTV or, you know, whatever, they're always going to have some sort of deal with a linear network with, you know, a, a cable company, but it, well, it's changing. Like, like you kind of set it up, you know, a little bit ago that yeah. everything is changing and um, <laughs> it's, it's just something it's you got to kind of adapt with. It's going to go all time streaming before long. There's no doubt about it. But let me ask you guys just upfront opinion. If you could get everything that you can get on Hulu Plus or YouTube TV for virtually the same price, why would you not want to have cable? Now, you have like five apps serving the purpose of one app. Like I, I've been kind what of are you talking about? In my brain I don't have, this. Really? I mean, you, okay, so let's go through what you did this weekend. I laid it all out. Yeah, you, you signed up for FUBU TV. Yeah. You still, you had to get the ESPN app. Or you no, will, I didn't. Fu it comes, it comes with FUBU. Well, you're going to have to in a week. Um, okay. You still have Spectrum. You were on the phone for an hour and a half with Spectrum to get your deal cut. To save 50 all, bucks a month. I think save, it's wor well worth an hour. $4 more than what you would have just paid for YouTube TV. And what Matt said, a painless sign-up process. That takes two minutes. I mean, Matt, am I crazy? This sounds like maybe <laughs> the worst time spent in my lifetime to You're save crazy. no money to make your life 10 times harder an hour and a half of time to save 50 bucks an hour 50 bucks a month and you you didn't even throw the part out there and this is not a diss at bally bally isn't included in youtube tv or hulu plus. right it's a good point it okay. is on hulu plus though um not, it, it not is on, it, you sure it's on hulu plus yeah because i i mean i ha i don't have bally sports detroit but down here i have like bally sports south so, so the local Bally's are on Hulu. So you mm -hmm. would have Bally Sports Detroit if you sign up for Hulu. Not to try to get you to sign up for another Disney platform, but no, uh, yeah. I, I didn't I mean, see Matt, that. I think there. You're, doing a, you're doing a service here. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, like we said, I, you're the cable guy. You know, right. Jim Carrey, the cable guy. That's you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, the way Spectrum's going, it wouldn't surprise me if he's coming to set up your cable. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, but you got to just let go. I, I love your commitment. But yeah. you just gotta let go, man. You're holding too tight. You're gonna crush it. You, just nah, you know, I'm holding out. For, I'm holding out. There, there's hope that ESPN comes back to cable. And then I'll be laughing at all. Yeah, and and they may. You know, maybe Spectrum does come back or or whatever. I I would just be surprised. Maybe with Spectrum specifically, it seems like they might be out with mm -hmm. them. That that relationship may be burned. But you know, like I said, I, they're always going to keep some sort of. Like I said, whether it's Directv or AT and T right. or something, because of bars restaurants you know mm -hmm. the, the hospitality industry that's such a big thing but you know i i just think i i told i'm i'm with you that the convenience of having your cable in your living room or your your man cave is nice flip your tv on there you go it's good to there go. you're not relying on an internet 
you know, service for right. that. I just, the, the convenience of having the apps, you know, being able to hop on, you know, you'll be able to, you could have, now that you've got Peacock and Michigan State, Washington play on Peacock, right. you can have a game on your TV, say it's your laptop, you can bring up Peacock on your laptop, you can have Michigan State on that, so you're not having to do the flip around. You can have multiple screens going. So Yeah, that's true. That's an option down the road. I'm, I'm sticking where I'm at right now, but uh, definitely things are changing in the media world. We, we agree with that. I, I guess my one question would be, what are you going to do? So your seven-day free trial is up, so, so what are you going to do? Well, my next move is I'm going to do another free week because I'm going to sign up under my wife's email. <laughs> Dude, this is unbelievable. <laughs> no, it's a simple sign up. Simple. I guess. Like you talked about. I hope you forget about it and it's going to charge you the 75 bucks. Oh, no. no I, I gonna, won't forget about it. He's going to be asking for your email login <laughs> in, in two weeks, Jared. <laughs> No, actually, my I already thought that out. I'm, I'm going to do one more free week of Fubo, and then uh, then I'm just going to get the ESPN Plus app. That's all there is to it. Hey, let's. I'll end Dude, this with a. You make too much money, man. You sound like me. You make too much money to be doing this nickel and diamond <laughs> crap, man. Just let it rip. Yeah. Save, saving the fifty bucks a month for a year. You know, when you add that up over a year, that add that's up, a decent man. chunk. That that's a that's a vacation right there. That it, absolutely. So. I, I will end this on a positive, more entertainment type of topic. But uh, since I did sign up for Peacock, you know, there's there's more than sports, and I I come across a show that I really enjoy. I watched the free sample before you could sign up for Peacock. I had Peacock, whatever it's called, not Plus, but I watched Poker Face. Yeah, I don't oh, know if yeah. you guys have heard of that, but it's it's a pretty damn good show. Heard of it? But yeah, it's kind no, of a. I don't know what is it? Yeah, I don't know. It, it's what a is. it's a mystery. It's a mystery of the week series. It it, it stars this this uh, lady Natasha Leone, and every week she stumbles into some kind of murder, and she has a special power where she can tell if somebody is lying. So she solves these murders and it's it's really well done it's it's kind of it's before your guys time colombo used to have a show where he was a detective and they would they would show you the murder at the beginning and then show how you solve it through the rest of the show and that's what this is like so it's it's really well done uh they got a lot of guest stars you know that are maybe a little long in the tooth but they come in it, it's just it's a good show on uh, on peacock so i recommend it poker face there you go. All the people that signed up for Peacock yeah, for works. the Michigan game, now they can watch it. There you it go. <laughs> so it's not all bad. All right, yeah. guys, this has been a fun one, a long one, but it's been yeah. a lot of fun. Let's wrap this up and get out to our regular day. This has been the Three Point Podcast presented by the Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center. Make sure you sign up for a membership, get yourself healthy, and sign up for that October 21st Go Green, Go Blue 5K run walk. And I, we, like we talked about, I assume Noah Jacobs, our guest, we want to thank him for joining us again, but he'll probably be a part of that if he's around the area. We also want to thank our local partners, AZ Branding Solutions, Jacobs Insurance Agency, ironically enough, Corey Shookin Associates Real Estate Services, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Don't forget this week's Z92.5 Castle Game of the Week will be Hazlitt at St. John's. Should be a pretty interesting matchup coming out of the Capital Area Conference area. And, uh, you know, before we hang up, I'm going to get on the phone, contact Jim Carey, and see what I can do to even improve my cable. Peace and love, everybody. Be kind. Thanks for listening.
Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease and every 90 minutes someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.